passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. And welcome back to the FCS Football Podcast presented to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Joe DeLeon, joined by Sean Anderson, giving you the best analysis for FCS Football Division One Double A. And this past week, we were actually challenged by a listener to participate in yet another drill. And that listener is one of our most reoccurring, and that is Rusty, who also does an Eastern Washington podcast. He decided to reach out asking us about our current vertical status. And that escalated to potentially challenging us to a three cone drill. So Sean, are you actually gonna run this three cone or are you just gonna be content in knowing Rusty is faster than you? I'll run the three cone. Also, Rusty isn't consistent with reaching out to us. He was one of our first that reached out to us. Very so true. Let's, let's give him an honest shoot here. For the three cone, I'm fine running it. I'll do it. I haven't been training for football, but I'll happily. Okay. I'll happily run it. Yeah, uh, I mean, it also needs to be filmed, correct? Uh, no, you don't need to film it. Uh, no, film it. You okay. don't need to. I have film of one that I did the other day, but I, I'm not going to post it. But the official fastest time that I have done that was clocked was a 793. I believe, and that was over the past few weeks, which is not an amazing time, but it's pretty decent. My goal has been to be under eight. Um, But honestly, Sean, I wouldn't be surprised if you had a good time because you obviously haven't been training for it, and there's a lot of technique that goes into it, but at the same time, you're what? How much lighter are you since the end of the season? Since your Uh, injury, rather. How many? Zero. You haven't lost any weight? No. Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I tried to... (laughs) (laughs) I tried to throw you a lot here to, weird to talk about your your weight <laughs> loss journey, which has been a, I would argue, a reoccurring thing that we've talked about over the past few months. <laughs> yeah, it's just finding a new system, and that's been, I mean, it's challenging after lifting with the same type of goals and system for four plus years. You know, now I have to change a whole bunch of stuff, and it's a, it's definitely a process. But no one wants to hear me talk about trying to lose the offensive line weight. If Joe, if you have run a seven, what'd you say? Seven, nine, three. Yeah. I could run a seven, nine, two. No, there is no, sh- you're going to run a nine. You haven't been running in that sense. You are the same exact weight. I, I'm calling it. You're going to run a nine. You need 
I need an accurate timer here too. You can't get Sue's. You need someone that is going to be brutally honest. And like, what friend do you think would would not? My give dad. You, okay, my dad. Yes, get your dad to, and I'm I'm sure that he's going to listen to this episode. Get your dad to 100% time you because I know very well he will not be generous in in whatever time he gives you. He will not. No, that's uh, not his style. No, no, yeah. Knowing your father, uh, I can only assume he would not not go easy on you in that situation. So we're going to have to see what happens with that. Uh, I don't, I don't mind these fun challenges. It's the off season. So a little extra content. Hey, if you want to challenge us to something else besides the three cone drill, let us know. We'll be more than open to trying something within certain parameters. We're not going to do something stupid. Like, I don't know, jump off a roof into a table like the Bill's Mafia people do. We're not going to do something like that, but... Well, that's not necessarily a challenge. Yeah, you never know. We, well, we might get some smart ass that might be like, oh, you should do this, and that never ends well. So today's show, we are giving you two more teams, and these were actually requested by listeners who sent us DMs. So we are taking suggestions for teams that you want to hear about. Otherwise, we're going to keep going down our list of teams in the order essentially of how far they made it into the tournament. But this week we were coincidentally given two CAA teams and two of the best, not best, but better top five CAA teams being Villanova and Albany and kicking us off with Villanova who Sean and I were constantly pushing to be a favorite to be the second team out of the CAA considering the momentum that they were riding early on in the season defeating Colgate in pretty easy fashion and then riding a long winning streak until they kind of tapered off towards the end of the season because of some injuries so like we've been doing with these other shows what will really work for them in 2020 that has worked for them in the past and I think that the big key here is that you're getting Daniel Smith back you're hopefully getting a healthy Justin Covington back it's just a matter of establishing that offensive versatility. Yeah, I really like that versatility point that you you made uh, because that's the thing that I continuously brought up during the season as what Villanova did so good with all their different packages and all the different players on offense that they got included in the game. And I know that you didn't make the championship this year, Villanova, and you know that and everyone knows that. But that doesn't mean you have to stray away from something that got you into the playoffs and got you a really good record. Now we just have to build off of that and continue that. Maybe you get some new weapons. Maybe the weapons start to develop in college. Uh, skill players will continuously get better if they are trained properly. And I know Villanova's got a really good strength and conditioning program there. They have awesome facilities. So the sky's the limit for the skill guys to be- get better and improve that offense more just depending on how well they attack this offseason it really helps them that they are returning two of their best offensive players and who were two guys that were the best in the conference at their positions in that top range of their position groups that's very very key and we saw a huge offensive explosion from them last year because of how versatile they were daniel smith showed that he is as competent as a passer as he is a ru- as a runner. He can do both at a very high level. We saw them getting creative by throwing screen passes to Daniel Smith, which we were completely hung up on by how crazy that looked, but it worked well for them because of how athletic Daniel Smith is. And then hopefully if you get Justin Covington back and healthy, who missed a ton of time last year because of injury, you can pick up right where he left off at that halfway point in the season because he was in the top of the FCS in rushing by running by a running back and 
the fact that they lost him to an injury really kind of hurt their offense. They weren't the same. They did adapt. If you get him back, though, you can kind of pick up right where you left off, and if not, get even better than you were previously. In terms of things though, that they need to improve on is that injuries derailed this team. We, we, we alluded to that in the beginning and saying that Injuries to a number of players, Justin Covington, they had some injuries on the defensive side of the ball too. That is what held them back from being an elite team last season, from being that clear-cut second-best team in the CAA. So I think Villanova needs to establish a plan and start to develop some of these younger guys so they can step in and play at a high level because it seemed like there was a bit of a drop-off when they were losing some of those defensive players. It's, I mean, it's really hard to say you need to prove on health, but when you're developing these players and it's, it's trying to find a way to prevent injuries and when in spring ball, when that comes, I think you need to improve on not going live bullets every day like we've experienced at times. So it's, it's making sure that they are training, but not putting themselves at risk for the upcoming season in spring ball. Cause the last thing you want is somebody to have a, a nine month injury that happens in March. So it's, that's a big improvement that you could make. I know they didn't come in with anything like that, but it's finding a way to possibly prevent it. The most interesting thing about this team, Sean, and we were, I was trying to look and, and see who they were losing. And in most cases, there's usually five seniors, redshirt seniors, sometimes redshirt juniors, that a team will lose during the offseason. And not all of them will be key contributors. You'll have a handful that are. Maybe you'll have more than that five number. But I would say that that's about the, the average for most teams. So in some cases, you could have 10 to 15 guys leaving, which is the case for all Albany, which we're going to get to after the commercial break. But for... Villanova commercial rank they are well you know what I mean for Villanova they're not losing anyone the only player that I could find and I might be wrong if if you are a Villanova fan and you can point to one other person besides the person I'm about to name please let us know because I couldn't find anything from their roster who was a key contributor that was leaving. The only key player was linebacker Drew Wiley, who was a stud for them on the defensive side of the ball and will probably get some NFL training camp or rookie mini camp opportunities. Besides that, they didn't, they're not losing anyone. And that is so promising to see if you're a Villanova fan because they're lining right back up with a group of juniors that are now seniors and a bunch of underclassmen that are going to be upperclassmen. They have the experience under their belt and they're ready to hit the ground running and firing on all cylinders. Yeah, when you have a perfect storm like this that is brewing for Villanova, to see the underclassmen ready to actually take the take the reins and say, okay, this is our time. We have the core. This is the core. Let's go win. That can be a really special thing. And it's it's really hard to not think that Villanova couldn't be a, a contender this next year, like a legitimate championship contender, given the lack of losses and the amount of uh, new talent that they're bringing in. And if you think about it, James Madison – is losing significantly more key starters than Villanova is. 
I would honestly consider Villanova to be in a position to possibly upset them for winning the CAA title. I would not be shocked if they were able to contend at that level. And early on last year, Sean, you and I were kind of homers for Villanova. And right now, I would argue we're probably going to be homers for Villanova yet again because of the position that they're in right now. This Villanova team that is already young and talented had a very good recruiting class, 24-7 sports, and understandably, we always preface this by saying that is not the end-all say-all for recruiting at the FCS level. It is just a, a suggestion. It's not a bad suggestion, I would say. It's a good reference point, but they were ranked as the number one team in the CAA in terms of who they recruited and who they were able to bring in. They did not get any transfers from the FBS level, but if you look at the list of guys that they're bringing in, they have multiple three-star recruits, and that starts off with Kashawn Schulter's safety from Matucha, New Jersey. He's a three-star safety. He is going to be in a position to potentially start because they do have some holes in their secondary because of injuries. He's going to be a guy that they're looking to develop, and then some of the other things that they were able to fill is bringing in a, a young defensive tackle, Aiden Howard, and also a tight end to add another weapon to the arsenal in Mitchell Bothwell coming from Texas. Another three-star guy. What I really like about this class, and you already touched on the, the one defensive back, they brought in four DBs, three of them from the DMV, specifically Maryland. Oh, and Maryland produces really good skill players and defensive backs. The whole DMV does. So I like what they're doing. They're getting, they're picking the good fruit from a really good part of the country, Joe. They are suited up. Joe, let me tell you about the Lawnmower 3.0 launch. It has just been broken. It's a brand new trimmer from Manscaped. It is the best on the market third generation trimmer, the Lawnmower 3.0, featuring cutting edge ceramic blade to prevent manscaping accidents. You're not going to nick yourself. You are going to be safer than ever trimming yourself. Everyone can get, everyone has fear of that happening. It is a very delicate area for you gentlemen that are listening to this show, and Manscaped has tried their hardest and they've done their best to guarantee you that you will not nick yourself get 20% off and free shipping with the code believe at manscaped.com that's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com and use code b-l-e-a-v and as always your balls will thank you all right on to our next team that we are discussing yet another caa team and this was a playoff team that might be in a bit of a, a rough situation for a rebuild. That is Albany. So, like we did with Villanova, what is going to work for them in 2020 that worked for them previously? I think the better question here, though, Sean, is how do they properly build around their young quarterback under Cuffler to turn him into a star at the FCS level and not a flash in the pan? Because sometimes with these other programs that aren't like North Dakota State that have a really talented freshman quarterback, sometimes that guy doesn't really pan out. He doesn't develop. He, he hits his ceiling his freshman, sophomore year, and that's about it. He threw a ton of touchdowns. How can they start to build around him? And I think that one of the keys here is bringing up some of these younger receivers and also bringing in receivers through recruiting. We'll talk about some of the guys that they did bring in 
towards the end of this, but they very, very much need to focus on under Cuffler as the focal point of this offense. They had good receiving core last year. They're losing some players, but under Cuffler is the star if you continue to develop him. I think the first thing that they need to do is find a replacement for Juwan Green. You need to find somebody that's going to take the realm as that number one receiver. And you're losing 1,300 receiving yards and 17 touchdowns in a guy. That's incredibly hard to replace, but you gotta have you're gonna have to do it because he was so instrumental to Undercuffler's development and how good of a year that he had this year. You gotta have you gotta surround him with as many good receivers that you can. And if that means finding somebody outside the house, so be it. Or it's Albany receivers need to understand that now that Green's gone, they gotta step up and they have to become the next Green. And everyone's got their own style. You can't just become Juwan Green, but you have to be yeah, either you're tacking up the yards or you're a red zone threat or you're someone that can be a third down converter. You have to play a role and you have to be someone that undercuffler can go to and that your offense can scheme with. It's going to be really difficult trying to replace him because if you look at their receiving statistics last year, you had Juwan Green who was top five receiver in the CAA, also potentially a top 10 receiver in the country last year. He's leaving, could have an opportunity to keep playing XFL, NFL, but their next receiver on their list in terms of who was right behind him, who had 900 receiving yards. Well, bad luck for them because he's also a senior and that's uh, Jarrah Reeves, who, like I said, had over 900 receiving yards, 76 receptions. The next guy that they have on there, Carl Mofer, who is a running back. And he's a junior now. He was a very talented running back for them, but he only had 319 receiving yards. There is right now a gaping hole for them at the receiver position. They have a good rushing situation because Mofer is coming back after rushing for over 1,200 yards. That's very promising. That's a good thing to have for a young quarterback. But who the heck is under Cuffler going to be throwing it to? Because there is a significant drop-off right now in production and experience from the remaining receivers. So it's very important that you brought up the situation with Jawan Green. Now, in terms of things that they need to improve on, Sean, they're in a really, really sticky situation because we'll talk about some of the other players that they're losing. But right now, they're losing three offensive line starters they're losing Nico Clunan they're losing Sean Kennedy and then I think the the most important one that they're losing is Griffin Clancy so all three of those guys are consistent guys that started multiple years in the CAA the fact that you're losing that and you have to put in guys that have very minimal playing experience protecting a young quarterback is going to be very very difficult I actually have less of an issue with that in a fear for Albany, uh, just because with offensive linemen in college, if you have a good senior class, then if you're an underclassman, you're not going to see much time on that field unless you're on PAT. So you're just going to be prepping and prepping and prepping. And then if the first time that that spot opens up for you is your senior year, then you're a senior that's that's been preparing for for three straight years so obviously you cannot replace in-game experience everyone needs it that's how people truly get better but you can pick up on that pretty fast uh first through the first two games you can really start finding a groove and a rhythm on how to really approach it in game and how it's different than practice and scrimmages so the offensive line i'm not as worried about i'm more worried about the defensive backfield that they're losing they are losing a significant number of defensive backs 
to graduation. Now, there's a lot of guys that were listed as redshirt juniors. It's tough to really guess at the FCS level if some of those guys are coming back or not. That's not really going to be super clear until I would say the end of the, the second semester just because sometimes guys change their minds. It, it, it's a bit inconsistent. So there's a ton of redshirt juniors, but there's a lot of senior players that they're losing. And you talked about all these defensive backs. They're losing Ty- Tyler Carswell. They're losing Jaron Williams. They're losing Josh Wynn. All those guys, key contributors in the secondary. But I have to point right at their best defensive player that they're losing, and that is Eli Menser, who was one of the best pass rushers in the FCS. He had 14 and a half sacks, 24 tackles for loss, was an absolute stud for that um, Albany defense and is going to earn himself an NFL opportunity. The thing, though, is who is going to step up, who is going to replace him, that's a bit of a question mark. And I really like your point about the offensive line, that the younger guys might be a little bit more prepared, but it's it's not as easy to replace a talented pass rusher like that. That's true. That's true. So the recruiting class, Sean, kind of is a cause for concern because they didn't really bring in a ton of big-name players that really spark our interest. So they, they did get Samaj Brown, who is out of Chicago, six foot two, 190-pound safety. That does fill a need because they do need a safety. Maybe he can start right away. If he does, that's a pretty big deal. The other player who could be a Jawan Green replacement and an option for undercuffler is Ricky Johns, a West Virginia University transfer, former three-star recruit. Besides that, I don't really know how promising this list of guys is. There's no one really on here that I can point to and say he's going to be a good option for them. Well, they're freshmen also, and the recruiting class picking them apart and gauging stars and all that. Look, Aaron, no one, no one knew about Aaron Parker when he no. was coming in. So it's hard for me to say that they're not bringing in any big names because anybody can turn into a big name. Uh, I like that they brought in about four wide receivers. I like that they brought in about seven defensive backs. Uh, so at least they're trying to to find some some dudes that can uh, really try and fill in there. They're, they're addressing the issue at hand. Yeah, they were very keen on bringing in a couple – offensive linemen they also brought in receivers so they're at least trying to address the needs that they have they also got a transfer from northern illinois jalen rima he's six foot one 205 pound receiver so they tried to be a little bit more focused on going after transfer players they also got a guy from northeastern oklahoma a and I, I don't know what level that is but that's still a transfer player trying to get guys that are experienced at the college level instead of seeking out freshmen trying to put them out there and maybe they're not really ready so that that is a good approach to go about it bring in those transfers see if that 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 level of experience can help them that 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 tends to be um a little bit more successful than trying to put freshmen out there on the field yeah i like that but it's really how how well you can develop them and the coaches that you're surrounding these players with that's what impacts these recruits most We have one question from our listeners, which we're going to hit on right now in the unnamed corner. It is from our good friend Nick Massaroni, who is asking, who is your way too early, too spelled wrong, dark horse team for this upcoming season and why? Dark horse meaning any unexpected team making the final four 
in the playoff bracket. Sean, I'm very intrigued by the two teams that you picked. More intrigued by the second one. But just to keep things simple here, after being able to dig into Villanova, I'm picking Villanova. I think I that, knew you were going to do that. Lazy I, pick. I, I know it's. it's I knew sound, you were going to do it that. It sounds lazy because we just talked about it. I'm going to give mine. You okay, give another. Go ahead, okay. Go ahead. Go ahead. Give you yours. think of one while I give mine. <laughs> My first pick. Colgate. It's a good we pick. We saw what they could do. They had a bad year last year. But who is to say they can't come back with the red blanket or whatever the hell they called themselves? (laughs) The red quilt, the red comfort or the red sheet, whatever it is, bring back that defense. We want to see it. Second pick, NCA&T. I think that the boys in Kennesaw are shaking in their Reeboks right now. Because NCA&T. Are they Reebok? No, it's a Conor McGregor. Okay. I didn't know that. Sorry. It's fine. <laughs> I just want to see how long I can put up the, the disappointed facade. Uh, no, NCAT is really talented. Okay. And I think now that they're in the Big South, uh, they have a not easier track, but it's just a different for them. They're going to have a little more excitement brewing now that they're in a new conference. NCAT could get rolling, could get dangerous. Joe, hopefully that was enough time for you to actually think about it. <laughs> Not really, but oh God. I will I will agree with you on the NCAA and T one. I think that they're they're moving into the Big South. They're a very, very talented team. They're gonna knock out a Monmouth team that's losing a lot of really key starters. I don't think Monmouth's gonna be as good as they were last year next season. So that pushes them into the top two conversation in that conference. I mean, if you're talking about some dark horse teams, I think that um, you know, teams like San Diego always recruit well. I would not be su- and always develop players w- well. I would not be surprised if they made some type of a a, a crazy run. Um, but yeah, that's about it. I think the other team that I that I might pick, and this one is probably also a little lazy, but I, I think Eastern Washington is still returning a number of their starters. They had a a down year after being in the national championship a few years ago, they always are very well coached and they also are very well supported. So a team like that, I think could be in very good position to, to step in and be that, that dark horse. Was that, was it still too lazy for you, Sean? Um, I don't know. We talked about Eastern Washington on Monday. And I knew you were going to say that I San Diego, I think that's the only team, you know, in the Pioneer League. Um, I know what. Don't you question how much I know coming from you? I would have accepted. I would have accepted like Sacramento State. Eh, I eh, eh. well because that's not really a dark horse because they were a seeded team. I wouldn't consider them to be a dark horse. Okay, whatever you say. Well, that's it from us. Coming up this weekend, though, if I am correct, I don't know the exact date, but it is our co my co-host's birthday. Am I correct? It's this weekend, or is it the following week? Thanks everybody for tuning in. No, to the gonna, FCS no, 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 no. Am I wrong? Wait, uh, hey, am I wrong? You can find us on don't iTunes, cut me off. Stitcher. Uh, don't cut me we off. are now on Art19. Uh, you can find us on Believe.com with a bevy of other different shows. You can find us on iHeartRadio, Google Play Store. It is not my birthday this weekend. I don't care if you even wish me a happy birthday, Joe. Did I miss uh, your birthday? Wait, wait, answer No, the it's the 28th. So 
so it's the following week. I'm not I don't hurt even... that you don't know it. No, it's just I know that you're it's gonna the, bring that type. I know of it's the end of February. To the I, air. I apologize for messing that up. Well, when it's the 28th, folks, please wish wish Sean a happy birthday on Twitter. You you all don't do not have to do that. No, um, do it. If Nick Masteroni wants to play me a happy birthday on his trumpet, though, <laughs> nothing would make me happier. Uh, I really did I miss any of the housekeeping? Uh, no, I think you hit it all. Um, I'm just disappointed that you're mad at me for trying to say happy birthday to you. I apologize I'm not for being mad a week at off. You. It's just if you're going to bring that to the air, you might as well get it right. Okay. Well, my brother's is this Friday. I thought yours was this Friday, too. I mixed them up. My apologies. Thank you for listening. And everyone, say sorry to Sean, but also say happy birthday to him. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.